Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Father, we give you thanks and praise because your good and your faithful love endures forever. Thank you for your loving kindness. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Alright, let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 9. Please keep standing if you can. If you have feet and your feet can carry you, please remain standing. Hebrews chapter number 9, 11 and 12. If it is on the screen, let's read it together. I want to go. Okay. So, 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 when you are reading, notice all the, he entered in once. So, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained, having obtained what? You can, use, you can highlight eternal redemption, not temporary redemption. Eternal redemption. Mm. Okay. <laughs> John 3. John chapter number 3 and verse 6. Let's look at that one. John chapter number 3 and verse 6. Let's look at that one. Let's read together. I want to go. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You see, everything will join now in a few seconds. Let's read again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. First Corinthians 2, let's just do down sharply. Down is not in the, you know, but let's just do down. First Corinthians 2 from verse 12. I'll read that very quickly. It says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Take note of that. Who is from God. Now we might know the things that are freely, somebody say freely, freely given to us of God. Verse 13. These things also we what? Speak. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing what? Hey, 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 look up at me. Comparing what? <laughs> this is good stuff. We are constantly comparing spiritual things with Kana. We are supposed to be comparing spiritual things with spirit. Spirit to spirit. Spirit to spirit. Leave Kana with the outside. Spirit to spirit. So, when I'm doing the comparison, this is so good, Kana. When I'm doing the comparison, alright, I'm looking at 
how the spirit matches with my spirit, the union, comparing spiritual things to spiritual. This is this is good. You'll be so blessed today. Alright, verse 14. Like, I want you to read this one with, read it with ease. Just read it smiling on your, on your face. Alright, let's read it together. I want to go. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are what? Foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Next verse. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is of no man. Are you ready? Please be seated. God bless you. Smile at me and say, hey, pastor. Hey, you're not saying it. Ah, say, hey, pastor. So good to see you. So good to see you too. Now, um, what we want to do today, we want to, we want to, we want to go a milestone on this conversation. And the episode title is Thoughts. C-A-U-C. Thoughts. Um, we want to go on a journey today. I hope that after this episode, you will listen to it again. Because I'm going to be both spiritually, logically, intelligently answering questions. And um, it will be something that would bless you. Now please write this down, the objective of this episode. I hardly give objectives, but the objective of this episode is this. If you remain unsure about the eternal nature of your redemption, it becomes difficult to receive every other promise from God. I'll say that again. As simple as that sounds, it's actually very powerful. If you allow yourself to remain unsure about the eternal nature of your redemption, it becomes difficult to receive other promises from God. Healing, provision, prosperity, all the other, all the other benefits of salvation becomes hard to receive if you are not certain about the eternal nature of your redemption. If your redemption is a gamble, and your redemption is Beth Niger, where the odds, depending on the odds, alright, they say maybe odds be in our favor. <laughs> if the odds are against you, and your redemption is Beth Niger-ish, then it becomes very tough for us to convince you about every other thing. So my objective today, what I want to achieve today, is to get you rooted and grounded in this identity, in this truth, that your redemption is eternal, is not temporary. Praise the Lord. And once you are rooted in that, it becomes easy for you to um, receive every other thing. Can you put some power on this guy? Just a little. <clears throat> it becomes easier to receive every other thing from the Father. Okay? So, what I'm going to do today is an intellectual discourse. 
and then uh, it's going to bless your spirit. Alright? So, are you ready? As you're listening, please pay attention to the fact that I am building a case so that having gotten this, it becomes easy for you to boldly receive every other thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Once this is sure, every other thing is, is, is certainly sure. Praise God. So the thought has to do with something that is, that is stretched tight, that, that is, that is stale proof. When you hear thoughts, it has to do with something that is, you know, like airtight, stretched, alright, pulled tight. Those of you who, all your ladies, you know what I'm talking about. When you pull those things and you, and you fasten your seatbelt, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's such that there is no slack. It's such that there is no slack. The thought is the idea that after you have sealed something, there is no slack. Okay? Um, now, what I'm trying to teach you is that in the provision that Jesus made available, um, there was no slack. There was no room for error. Neither is there any slack in that provision. There's no slack. There's no, there's no, oh, maybe, um, maybe this or maybe that. There's no room for human error. And I want to show you this very succinctly so that it will register in your spirit. Alright, at the end of this episode, we're going to answer questions like, can the believer go to hell? Can the believer lose his salvation? Is the believer once saved, forever saved? Um, are our sins forgiven, past, present, and future? Let's look at this entire redemption plan and see if we can poke holes inside. Because if we can poke holes inside, then <laughs> problem deal. But thanks be to God. Praise God forevermore. So are you ready to go on this journey with me? So we are looking at the idea that the entire redemption plan, alright, is without errors. So I want you to understand the redemption that is without errors. Number one. Our redemption is secure. The security of our redemption. Number two. Alright. You have to now begin to trust in that redemption. Then number three. You begin to experience the redemption. And then number four. Your life is beautified. Now. We have started by... Showing you, and I just want to do it again, Second Corinthians 5.17, put it on the screen please. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Let's start from there. If any man be in Christ, is a what? New creation. All things are what? Passed away. And all things are what? Become new. Alright? Now, I've mentioned here that man 
is spirit, soul, and body. Man is spirit, soul, and body. Now we're going to look at scripture and begin to explain certain things to you. Hebrews 9 and verse 11 and 12. Let's look at that. Hebrews 9, 11 to 12. It says this, Hebrews 9, 11 to 12, says that, But Christ, being come an high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once. Somebody say once. Once into the holy place, having obtained what? Eternal redemption for who? Hey, somebody talk to me. Eternal redemption for who? So what's the nature of what he went to buy? Eternal redemption. And who did he buy it for? Okay, the last time I checked, it was for only me, right? He bought it for us. So he obtained eternal redemption. First, let's even start by understanding that it is called eternal redemption for a reason. Alright? Eternal redemption means that it is eternal. Eternal redemption means that it is forever. Eternal redemption means that it cannot be lost. Eternal redemption means that, alright, it's done once and for all. Now, the other thing that I need you to know is that all your spirit needed was a one-time cleansing. And the moment your spirit got cleansed once, it doesn't need cleansing again. Your spirit at salvation got cleansed once. And the moment that happened, alright, there is no need for cleansing anymore. So you are clean forever. You don't need to be reclaimed. You don't need to be, your spirit is forever clean. It doesn't need to be reclaimed again. So the nature of the redemption that Jesus obtained for us is eternal. That's number one. Now before I go on, let me ask you a question sincerely. How many of you said, because the Spirit of God said to ask this before I start, uh, I just forgot. How many of you set your expectations before you came into service? You actually intentionally did set your expectations before you came into service. Let me see your hands up. You did intentionally set your expectations. Okay. The rest of you, did you think you were going to a pool club? That's something you have to intentionally do. You see, many times, because the believer comes to church without... Now I know why the Spirit of God will ask me to start from there. When you come to church without any set expectation, yes, God will bless you, really. But it's it many times, um, it's just really by providence and mercy and grace. But you see, the believer... Alright, it's supposed to come into service. Otherwise, this thing you're doing has become a ritual. You better don't do it. You better don't do it. Otherwise, this service you're coming for has become a ritual. I'm telling you, the waste of your time. I'm telling you. 
I'm your pastor. If I don't see you next week, I won't mind. It's a waste of your two hours if you come here without a sex expectation. Every service, even if sometimes when I'm going for a meeting and I forget, I set my expectation in the car as I'm driving to church. You have to. It's important. And that, that has to become a discipline for you as a believer. You set your expectations. These are the things I want to expect to see. First of all, for example, and well, we know how mature you are if your expectations are not based on material things. I want to be edified. Eh? That's an expectation, isn't it? And then your expectations are met. I want to experience a renewal of my mind. You see, it's different when your expectation is set and then you come and then, you know, the word is now meeting those expectations. There's a, there's a different response. Now when you come, I've just come to listen to a speech. No, you, you, you didn't come to listen to a speech. You came to listen to the word. So you set your expectations. So I'm going to give you two minutes. Set your expectations now. Do it quickly. I'm going to give you two minutes. Just go ahead. And such as the Lord, these are the things I want to be, I want to be edified in this service. I want to be, I want to be, I want my eyes to be open to see who you truly are. Do it now. Talk to the Lord. Right now. Right now on your seat. Just say, Father, I want my eyes to be open. I want to see, I set my expectation. I believe that I'm going to be blessed mightily in this service. I see you, you know, in a different dimension. My eyes are open. In the name of Jesus, my heart is ready to receive the word of God. Faith rises up from my heart. Faith rises up from within me. I'm not just here to listen to an entertainment. No. I'm here to be fed with your word. To be impregnated with truth. In the name of Jesus, I set my expectations that great things are happening to me today. In the name of Jesus, I set my expectation that I am transformed by the renewing of my mind today. I set my expectations that miracles are following, signs and wonders are following the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God today. I set my expectations that I would, my soul will be lifted up in the name of Jesus. I will be lifted up in my spirit. I will be lifted up in the name of Jesus through the hearing of the Word of God. I set my expectation in the name of Jesus that joy will flow out of me like a river as a result of the Word of God today. I set my expectation that joy will ooze up from the inside and take over my mind and take over my physical body. In the name of Jesus, I set my expectation that I'm going to be moved by the Word of God. Revelation floods my heart. The eyes of my understanding is flooded with light. And I see in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So church, I want to appeal to you. Set your expectations before you come into service. In Jesus' name. So the first thing that we see is that salvation is eternal. Our redemption is eternal. Now let's look at Hebrews 9, 13 to 15. Let's look at that. Hebrews 9, 13 to 15. Look at what it says. It says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, through the eternal Spirit, offer Himself without spots to God, 
purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Look at verse 15. And for this cause, he, let's read this together once ago. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of what? Eternal inheritance. So first you see eternal salvation. Then second you see eternal what? Inheritance. So it means that the benefit that comes as a result of what Jesus has done, that inheritance is eternal. I want you to say this with me. My inheritance in Christ Jesus is eternal. Say it again. My inheritance in Christ Jesus is, in, is eternal. So one, we see eternal salvation in verse 12. In verse 15, we see eternal inheritance. Alright, let's go to Hebrews 9.24. Let's look at that. Hebrews 9.24-28. Alright, so it says, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, not to, now to appear in the presence of God. For who? For himself? For us. Awesome. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Continue. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this judgment, you see, many times people say, it is appointed unto man once to die, after that judgment. He was using this to explain that man dies once. Alright? Now, next verse. So, so he's, he's explaining something. Okay? So they just say, they don't, they don't know what... <laughs> He says, they just say, he's appointed unto man, once to die, after that judgment. He says, so. <laughs> so Christ was once offered. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin unto what? Salvation. So let me ask you, how many times did Jesus... Pay the price for your sin. Hey church, talk to me. How many times did Jesus pay the price for your sin? Once? Awesome. So, if he paid the price for your sin once, now let me ask you another question. Are your sins forgiven past, present, and future? Hey church, are your sins truly forgiven past, present, and future? Okay, so you mean... That God will forgive a sin that you have not yet committed. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So you, you, you actually believe that God is forgiving a sin or has forgiven a sin that you have not committed yet. The sin for tomorrow. You believe it. Okay. 
Now you better believe it. Some of you who are in church are saying, Purity, just we know <laughs> listen. <laughs> you better believe that your sins were forgiven past, present and future. You know why? Jesus, you will never get another Jesus. He died once. You will never get another Jesus. So if you don't believe your sins are forgiven, better go and start to look for blood of bulls and goats. Because Jesus died once. That's the first thing. Second thing. Where were you when Jesus died? Okay, in whom? But you were not yet born. You were still in the future. That was your future there. Past, present and future. You were still in the future. But Jesus paid for your sins. Once. Wow, this is good stuff. Once. He's not doing it again. Now, I, I say this all the time that God is not a software developer. He doesn't do version 1.0, 1.1, 1.2, upgrade, and iPhone X, iPhone XXL, 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 X. <laughs> he doesn't do that kind of stuff. Now, you see, your God is eternal. He doesn't live in time. So it's only sensible that whatever He does is eternal too, including the payment for your sin. He doesn't live in time. So he lives outside of time and he can see your entire life. In fact, the last time I checked, none of you here is over 2,000 years old. So you were not yet born when your sins were paid for. You were not living yet. He paid for the sins of the future. You had not showed up to steal that first meat from your mother's pot. You already paid. Can you say Amen. I'm giving you arguments. I'm giving you arguments. No, I'm talking to your head. I'm giving you arguments. Do you understand? Arguments. I'm not... I came to make an argument. I came to fight you today. In love. (laughs) Arguments. So, Jesus died once. And the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. You better believe that he paid... He paid for the sin of your entire life and not until your next mistake. Because your next mistake, you have to look for a blood that is as good as his, because he did his own works. Where will you find him? The book of Romans says that the, the conversation at that time, I love this, the conversation at that time was, who will go to bring Christ down? Or who will go to the grave to raise him up? And I say, you don't need to think about that, for the word is near you. So instead of you thinking of how you're going to bring him down, or how you're going to raise him down, can you raise him from the dead? You. You want to raise Jesus from the dead? Okay, how about bringing him down? Hey, hey, brother. You're skilled. You're skilled. Bring him down. Only God could bring Jesus down. And only God could raise him up. Your job is to receive. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, see how difficult the job was. You, it's beyond the scope of your imagination. It's beyond the scope of your, it's beyond your wildest imagination. Bring him down. How? Where's the ladder? <laughs> you ladder, 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 ladder. Uh, where's the ladder that we used to go? Okay, we are going. How far can we go? You know, they, 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 by the time you go, by the time you go, 35,000 feet above sea level, and you are not inside a plane, <laughs> you will suffocate. I mean, no oxygen at that level. So how are you going to bring him down? And remember, he's in the third heaven. <laughs> so think about your trip and how wonderful it's going to be. By the time you've got into space, you've not even started. Christ came down because God said to come. And then God raised him up from the dead. Do you understand? And now he paid for sin once. 
So you better believe your sins are forgiven past, present and future. Do you understand? Are you getting the argument now? Awesome. Because there are some people. Now, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. Alright, let's look at Hebrews 10 from verse 1 to 2. Hebrews 10 from verse 1 to 2. It says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices, which they offered year by year, continually make the commerce thereon to perfect. For then would they not have things to be offered. Alright? Because the worshippers, once purged, should have no conscience of sin. So, once your sins are forgiven, the Bible says you should have no longer any conscience of sin. Any consciousness of sin. The moment your sins are forgiven, and you know this, you should no longer have any consciousness of sin. Now, I was speaking with my brother yesterday, Pastor Ralph, who spoke up to almost 130. I was begging that case. Let me see. <laughs> you know, I was speaking with him. The reason why you are very tuned to the carnality is because that's what you've been open to. That's what you've been learning. Alright, if you close that valve and now start to open to your spiritual nature, that's what you're going to start to learn. Do you understand what I'm saying? So whatever you open to, that's what begins to feed you. So let's continue. Glory to God. Say once and for all. Now what I told you was that your spirit has been recreated, okay, recreated in Christ Jesus. And I want to show you something to that effect. Ephesians 4 and verse 24. Ephesians 4 and verse 24. I love this. This is good. Alright, let's read this together. I want to go. It says that you put on the new man. Which is the new man? Let's ask a question. Which is the new man? Spirit, soul, or body? Good. So your spirit is the new man. It says, and put on the new man, which after God is created, what? Read it now. And through what? Is created in what? And what? Which after God. Is created. In, so, in, in other words, your spirit was created after God. In the likeness of God. How? Righteousness and what? True what? Holiness. True holiness. So, what you have in your spirit now is righteousness and true holiness. I like that it says true holiness because there's false one. The holiness that doesn't tire apart. Or that doesn't wear, you know, you know, that doesn't wear trousers. The holiness that doesn't wear earrings. The holiness that doesn't do makeup. The holiness that works. Sengelenengelish. You understand? The holiness that doesn't make sense. The holiness that is actually a, what's the word? Disgusting. I'm telling you. I'm serious. I, I couldn't find a better word. You're fasting. I want to be holy, oh Lord. Please brush. <laughs> you now start. You defy all hygienic whatever. And then the next thing you go, three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours. 
Seven hours. Jack, I don't feel like I don't I'm fasting, I'm waiting on the Lord. Start with the, I believe the Lord loves good bread. So while she is speaking to him, he's not saying, Oh my daughter, oh, please, please my daughter, <laughs> help the ministry. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? So he says true holiness, because there's false holiness. So you understand true holiness. Your spirit was created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, I'm showing you this though because these things will help you. So what it means, therefore, is that God sees you in your spirit. God relates with you in your spirit. God doesn't relate with you in your soul. God doesn't relate with you in your body. He relates with you spirit to spirit. So now you ought to focus. You've been focusing so much on who you are in your body. You have to start focusing on who you are in your spirit. Because your spirit is what was recreated. And I'm saying this thing. Alright, because I'm probably not here. I'll end this series by the end of the But if I'm going to go anywhere to preach, this is what I'm going to preach. Because this has been the problem all the while. The believer is doubting whether they are really saved, whether they are really born again, because they realize that they can still curse. You understand? So they are, they are wondering. There's no problem with you. All you need to do and you need to realize this. All we need to do is to put you under the fountain of the word to clean that curse off of your mouth. But to say, to say that you are not a believer, bona fide, because you still curse, that's where the problem is. Now you, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on certain things so that you, you see the holistic picture today. So God... Created your spirit one time. Boom. Transformed. Recreated in Christ Jesus. But your soul is experiencing the transformation. So how does, how does what is true in your spirit become true in your soul? By what you are open to. If, as I'm teaching you now, like all through this week, me, I was just conscious of my righteousness. And guess what? Many times, like that, you will sin less. You will sin less. Believe me when I tell you, you will sin less. You're just conscious of your righteousness. Just conscious of your righteousness. Ah, I, I spent the whole week just saying, the Lord is gracious and kind to me. The Lord is gracious and kind to me. Then I'll dance, then I'll laugh, then I'll sing, then I'll rejoice. The Lord is gracious and kind to me. And yet, there were times when some people made me angry. But now, it's no longer like before. The more I open myself to these truths, the more I'm seeing changes in my life. Say this with me, my spirit is recreated. Hallelujah, my spirit is recreated. Now you see, the first argument I brought to you is that your sins were paid for once. Once. And now, the nature of the redemption you receive is eternal. The nature of your inheritance is also eternal. Forever. Then I've shown you that if you don't believe that it's worth and for all, you need to go and find another Jesus. Then I'm showing you that your spirit 
is the new man. And it is recreated, it's created in true righteousness and holiness. I told you, your spirit cannot be corrupted. Your spirit is in the back. Okay, let me show you that one. I uh, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. First Peter 1 and verse 23. Look at that. First Peter 1, 23. Alright, let's read together. One, two, go. Be what? Born again. Not of what? Stop. Your spirit is not corruptible. You were born again, not of a seed that can be corrupted. Read it. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. How? By the word of God, which was, which liveth and abided forever. Let me ask you, when you got born again, which part of you received that new life? Spirit, soul, or body? Good. So now it says the nature of your being born again. The seeds. That made you born again. is incorruptible. That seed that made you a believer. Is not a corruptible seed. It is incorruptible. Let's look at another one. John 3 and verse 6. Put that on the screen. You read scripture today. Scripture will read you. <laughs> you know it's, me I don't use my head to talk. Let's scripture do the talking. Alright let's, let's read together. Want to go. That which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. Separate. Alright, next one. And that which is born of the spirit is what? Separate. They don't mix. Are you born of the spirit or of the flesh? What kind of salvation do you have? Spirit or flesh? Spirit salvation, right? So, that which is born of the spirit. I thought on, I thought on, on, on Wednesday that some of you think that there are similarities between me and Jesus. There are no similarities. Is one thread. One thread. Is one thread. Is one single entity. One single entity. Is as is flowing from Jesus to me. Is one person. When they say he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. It's one thread. It's not that we are similar. It's that we are the same. Wow. <laughs> we are the same. So it says that which is born of the flesh. When, when I was sharing with my brother and we touched on this, I leaped on my bed. That which is born of the flesh, it's flesh. This way. So the question I want to ask you is what kind of salvation do you receive? Fleshly salvation. You can't even be fleshly salvation. What you receive is spirit salvation. So, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, never you ever, 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 ever in your life say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You are either a sinner or you are saved by grace. Even you, you don't even understand what you are saying. Even you don't even understand what you are saying. If you are a sinner, then you need to be saved by grace. If you are saved by grace, you are no longer a sinner. You say, I'm a sinner. Lord, you know I'm a sinner uh, saved by your grace. I'm a sinner saved by your grace. Mm, mm. You're either still a sinner or you are saved by grace. What you are saying doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make sense. You understand? I'm a sinner. Then we know what to give you. 
And saved by grace, then we know where you stand. Not you don't have a sinner saved by grace. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you are confused. <laughs> what you are saying, and let me tell you, there are a lot of confused jargon in church. People just say all kinds of things. They don't even think. Do you understand this extra? Do you understand? They don't even think. Do you know what I'm saying? They don't even think anything. They just talk. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Okay, you are either... Because this thing, alright, it happened once and for all. Spirit to spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And the last time I checked, your salvation is not a soulish salvation. It's spirit salvation. Can you say amen? amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now let me show you one other scripture. There are many. So, Alright, let's look at the book of Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse 13. Ephesians 1 and verse 13. Let's read it together once ago. In whom you also was trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When did the seal happen? Before you believed or after you believed? So the moment you believed in Jesus as your salvation was for all, they hand you in, sealed. Your spirit that is recreated is sealed. The bad cannot come in. Do you understand? The good has been kept in. The bad is kept out. Sealed. Do you understand what a seal is? Yeah. The Bible says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So first of all, we realize that your spirit is recreated in true holiness and what? Righteousness. The last time we said, who is righteous? God, and then He has made you what? Righteous. Thank you. You are, you are, you are, you are moving. Do you understand? So, now God has made you... Whose righteousness do we have? That's the right way to put it. Whose righteousness do we have? His righteousness. If you look at Romans 10, there is your righteousness. But your righteousness is nothing. Doesn't hold any water. So His righteousness is what we have received. And His holiness is what we have received. Recreated like that. So this is your spirit. And then locked in. Sealed. Eternally sealed. So now your spirit cannot be contaminated. It's already incorruptible seed. Can't be contaminated. Are you following the conversation? Hey church, are you following the conversation? Let me tell you why I'm making this case. It will be hard for you to receive a healing when you have not received this truth. Because the last time that I checked, we say it with our mouth, but many times we don't believe it. That the greatest thing that God has done to you is your salvation. True or false? The greatest gift that you can ever receive, is He healing? Is He a miracle? What is the greatest healing that could ever come to the believer? Salvation. That your sins are forgiven. Now, we say these things with our mouth, but do we truly believe it? Because if this greatest, eh, look at me church, if this greatest gift has killed and comma, we are not really sure 
you know what, we can't really be certain. You know, there's a problem. Because now, how can you be certain of healing? Healing is lesser than salvation. How can you be certain of promotion? Of prosperity? Certain, like certain. Which, which faith are you going to use to boldly go and say, I'm, I'm, I know that I, that, I, that I have this? If this one is in doubt, in doubt, let me tell you, you know, it's church folks that wants you to be in doubt of it. You know, they want, they want to introduce, you know, subtlety. You know, they want to introduce certain things to make you feel like, hmm, you better be, you better be sure. Oh, you need to look at scripture for yourself. Look at scripture and see what scripture says. How do we enter this thing? The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. That word repent is to change his mind. He can't He cannot change his mind. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, if I take you deeper into this matter, if they tell you that you can lose your salvation, remember, sweetheart, that God introduced salvation to us as a marriage. How many of you remember? That God introduced salvation to us as a marriage. He said, He said, we are His bride. Abi, He's our groom. You know, He loves us and all of that. Do you ever remember where Scripture says God hates divorce? You didn't know it starts with Him. I hate divorce. I hate divorce. In fact, another scripture says, I hate putting away. So the one who hates it now puts you away. I hate it then. I'm liking this. <laughs> I'm liking the reaction. No! Listen, I'm, I'm giving you taste, taste, taste. So that you are thinking, you have to be logical about this thing. But spiritual truth, spiritual logic. Make a taste. The one who said, I hate divorce, is now putting you away. Even when Israel did the abominable. The Bible says that Israel went after idols. And under the law, idol worship is like adultery. Do you understand? It's like having an affair. You know, outside of your marriage. Alright? The Bible says that they went after other gods. And made unto themselves gods of various diverse images. And all of that. Still, God did not put them away. You know, and you know, Scripture says that on, on no ground should a marriage be dissolved, except on these grounds of fornication or infidelity and all of that. So God now had, this was under the law, God now had good grounds to put Israel away, yes. It was a type of what was to come to you. Israel didn't enjoy it. You have it. That you... Okay, let me ask you a question. How many of you can be truly secure in a relationship that you don't know the day is going to end? Hello, church. How many of you can be truly secure? You love someone so much. You love him so much. But you are... You are you don't know any, at any time now, this guy can stand up or this lady can stand up and say, I'm not being easy. How many of you really have rest? Let me see your hand up. You see, one of the things that Satan, listen to me, one of the things that Satan wants to take away from you is this idea and identity of security in your salvation. 
If it takes it, you are taking everything. Don't worry, don't worry. You, you, yeah. which, 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 which energy are you using to say, Lord, you know, I believe that you can prosper me when this one is not settled. He knows if he goes for, if he goes bullseye, he has every other thing. So he keeps throwing doubts, keeps throwing casting shadows on all of your belief system. And you now hear people who say, I, I went to hell. Have you not noticed? Go on YouTube. Those, those videos are some of the, are some of the longest. Instead of people who just read, no, not the longest, the most watched. Instead of people who just read their Bibles. Say, I went to hell. When I died, I was going down, 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 down. I was a believer. I was a believer. I was going down. You see? And then I said, I got to the gate of hell. And when I got to the gate of hell, you know, and then, oh boy, then, then, then suddenly, God, I, I, I heard a voice from heaven. Say, not now. Not now. Then I went off. And then God now told me, do you know why you are, you are, you are going down to hell? You're coming. You're coming. You're coming. You're make up. You are you are wearing makeup, you are wearing earrings, you are wearing this, you are wearing that. If you have sense, and you do, I'm talking to those who don't. If you have sense, hmm, something should tell you that when God was dealing with Lazarus and the rich man, that the rich man said, Can you send Lazarus to my people on earth? And tell them, warn them not to come to this place. What did God say? Who can tell me what God said? Who can tell me what God said? He said, there's no need to send somebody from here. They have prophets there. If they will not listen to them, so be it. This is God talking. This is God talking. He says, you will not send anybody from here. If they can't listen to you. In other words, God is saying that, look, forget all this. Spookiness. Forget all this. Listen to nothing. No nothing. Listen to what is down there. Stop, stop deceiving everybody. Listen. Now, does that mean that God cannot, you know, um, um, you know, like break, you understand, or do something? But guess what? God has never done anything that is outside His word. So how do we measure whether what you are saying is the truth? I've listened to some afterlife um, um, testimonies now. And I know what they are saying is the truth. You know what? It confirms with the word of God. But if your own comes from the other world, and some of you are so, oh, Lord help us in the name of Jesus. Some of you, you are so spooky. You want to hear, you want to hear. Show me, show me, show me. Since we've been talking in church, you did not hear. Until somebody now came from, from the other world. To tell you that this family, this family, God hates family. Then suddenly, out of fear, out of fear, the Bible says love cast out fear. But you, out of fear, you carry your family. You go and burn it. You go and burn it. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord, I come to you. Burn all your attachment. Say, remove all your makeup. Since when? Since when? Did God become interested in makeup? Makeup! Makeup! I don't understand. <laughs> Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Or somebody will come into church, like my brother now. He's wearing his good night, you know, hat. Sitting in church. And somebody comes into church. Okay? And as you come into church, you want to pray. Religion is a bastard. You are putting your cap on. It's the ladies that make me laugh the most. This is how they look. Do you know this how you look? I hope you know this how you look. I don't know why I'm even entering this, so Lord help me to preach my message and go. 
But I don't know if you know that. <laughs> so, brother, all of a sudden, the guy wants to pray. The guy wants to pray, right? And then he removes his cap. All of a sudden, he has become the man that God can hear. Because he removes his cap. We, now, yesterday he may have stood in front of a shrine and, and, and offered sacrifices. But you see how unintelligent religion is. That because he came into church and before you pray, you remove cap. Suddenly, you reverence God and suddenly your prayer is going to be heard. The devil is a liar. It's just that I don't want to go into that matter because it's not part of my message. I'll do it on another day. It's not part of my message. I'll do it another day. But think about it. How, how wise is it that because I removed my handkerchief, suddenly I have become the one that God will hear. Sees you clearly. Now let me tell you, this is the reason why God told um, this man, uh, what's his name? Samuel. He said, God does not see the way man sees it. I, uh, the Bible says, man looks on the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. If you look at that word heart, it's spirit. In other words, when you come, God is looking past your flesh, past your soul, into your spirit to see if his nature is there. And if his nature is there, he breaks all protocol. He's in you. Spirit to spirit. Many of you, if you put that scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 2, 2, put it. Put the comparing spiritual things to spiritual. Many of you have been comparing spiritual things to carnal. And that's where you're confused. You're comparing your spiritual nature to carnal realities. So your spirit, you are, you are recreated in Christ. Say, I'm recreated in Christ. Good. Then you're comparing that to your flesh. And then based on who you are in your flesh, you're thinking, no, I'm, I must not be born again. I must not be a Christian. Look at this. It says, but that which is, but, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, how? Comparing what? Spiritual things with spiritual. When God wants to talk to you, it's spiritual to spiritual. Not spiritual to carnal. God will never have any dealings with who you are in your flesh. Ah, okay. They've kept quiet. He knows you in the spirit. Now you need to know yourself in the spirit. You know yourself in the flesh. That's the problem. You know your tendencies. You know your issues. You know your limitations. That's the problem. It's time for you now to begin to know yourself in the spirit. Can we shout amen somebody? Hey church, can we shout amen somebody? Are you being blessed by this? So where do we stop? You are sealed. Say I am sealed. Oh, shout it out loud. I can't hear you. Say I am sealed. How many of you want to preach with me this morning? Say I am sealed. Say it again. Say I am sealed. Say no contamination can come in. Do you understand? Sealed. Oh, I like this. I wish, don't worry, in the future of our church, We'll be using real-time illustration. One day I'll drive it back into church. Because I need it for my illustration. Don't worry. What a great time in this place. We'll use 
<laughs> you think this movie you are acting. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, it says, look, your spirit is now in a pristine position. Pristine, like untouched. Then, see it. Every time you come, you meet it brand new. You become next week, brand new. Next year, brand new. Next five years, brand new. Should I go deeper? First John 3 and verse 9. It's you that will answer this one by yourself. I want you to answer by yourself. Then you answer. We would have crossed the threshold of this teaching. Then we will now go further. Oh yeah, let's read together. I want to go. Stop. Did you see the place where we talked about incorruptible seed? Born of God, flesh is flesh, spirit is spirit. You saw that? Oh yeah, read this one. I want to go. Stop. Which part of you is it describing? Spirit, soul or body? Oh, so you're no longer confused. Now, alright, because they've interpreted this scripture to say, it means that he does not make a practice of sin. He's not in the habit of sin. He's not in this of sin. No, he says he does not, does not, does not, does not, does not, does not. Now, in trying to explain, believers have gotten confused. Huh? Hey, wait to. I still sing yesterday. Can you say this? Okay, it means I'm not born of God. That's what they will say. They say it means I'm not born of God. How can I be born of God? I'm still sin. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin. Look at what he says. He says, For his seed remains in sin. And he cannot. Do you see that? Cannot, cannot, cannot sin. Because he is born of God. If you don't interpret it rightly, you will be confused for the rest of your life. You know why? Because, okay, I'm going to be listening on Wednesday. <laughs> My dear, <laughs> what you know as sin, it's not what the Lord knows as sin, no. In Bible parlance, gluttony is sin, no. A guy was told to be stoned to death for being a glutton. You see, you see now? Jenny, stoned to death. He said, call all the young men from the city. Let them stone him to death. What was his problem? Number one, he was rebellious to his parents. Number two, when they t- tell him to do something, he won't do. Then number three, is a gluten. Ah. So the moment I saw gluten there, I know that God is not like us. You understand? I say, oh, this is a big sin. This is a small sin. This is a medium-sized sin. You understand? You better bring yourself under the finished work. Because whatsoever is born of God does not. It doesn't say cannot. It, says, it doesn't say does not make a practice of sin. It says cannot sin because he's born of God. So the moment you understand it, then the question is, which part of you is he describing? Spirit, soul, or body? Hey church, talk to me. Talk back at me. Which part of you is being described here? Spirit, soul, or body? So now, if you know that you cannot sin in your spirit, because your spirit is recreated and sealed. Do you get it? Sealed. The corruption that is in the world cannot enter. 
It's sealed. Now you know that your spirit, in your spirit, you are born of God. And you cannot sin. What we now need is for this nature to enter into your soul and your body. And that will be it. What is true about your spirit? Alright? What is true about your spirit can be true about your soul and your body to the degree that you are open to what is true about your spirit. But now that you are not yet open to it does not invalidate it. Look at me. God did not say this is true about you until you, you know until you change in your soul. And I say, okay, this will remain true. But the clause is that you have to change in your soul and in your body. No. It just says, that which is born of God is spirit, and then you are recreated in true holiness and righteousness, and you are sealed. Say, I am sealed. Is this blessing anybody? Hey, church, is this blessing you? So can you sin? Let me ask you a question. Who is the real you, spiritual or body? Okay, thank you. So who is the real you? Okay, okay. <laughs> thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Which part of you is Jesus coming back to take? Spirit, soul, or body? Okay. So if your spirit cannot sin, are you going to go to hell? Answer now, answer well now. Let me ask you, are you born again? Hey, church, are you born again? Okay, which part of you got born again? Spirit, soul, or body? Okay, so which part of you is Jesus coming to take when he comes back? Which is the real you? So are you going to go to hell? A joker. A joker. A joker. Do you understand what I'm saying? You better lambano this thing with all your ass. Lambano it. Lambano it. See, there's no maybe, there's no what if, there's no what if, what if. I don't think you realize that God knew what he was buying. And he still bought it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's, let's know what goes on in your soul. Your soul will be transformed to the day Jesus comes. You stop saying, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. One day, as you're sitting under the word like this, you're very loud. As you're sitting under the word, the gentleness in your spirit will start coming out. I've been saying this thing and I'll keep saying it. One of the biggest challenges of church people, of church folks, is that they are told, alright, and they are, people are talking to them as if they are not something that they already are. In scripture, it's called defining. You understand? When I keep talking to you, okay, let me, <laughs> this is a good example. Have you seen a situation whereby somebody comes to you and keeps saying, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong now? What's wrong? You say, nothing. They come again. What's wrong now? You say, nothing. They come again. They come again. But you're moody now. You're moody. You're moody. What's wrong now? And then you, at some point, don't you get angry? Like, I'm telling you that nothing is wrong with me. Like, what, what, what's going on here? If they continue like that, something will be wrong. Oh, you don't know. If they continue like that, that thing they're asking will become yeah, their emotion. Yeah, yeah. They did an experiment in Japan. They put a living flower in very good, 
in a very good pot with nice soil. And they just said the people in the city should come every morning and curse it and pass. Come and curse it and pass. They were watching, but they were cursing the words. Curse it, curse it, curse it, curse it. One day they came and the flower had died. Real time experience. Look, as you speak things, as you speak them, as you speak them, because your spirit is created in Christ Jesus, eh? your spirit is trained eh, to give life to things. So if you talk from your soulish realm, and the more you talk from your soulish realm and your physical realm, your body realm, guess what? That thing, you keep every day, you just come and speak words of death to it. Just come and speak words of death to it. Just come and speak words of death to it. One day you will wake up, and all you see around you is death. In the same manner, my brothers and sisters, if you come, and every day you speak words of life to yourself, you say, hey, you know, the life of God is at work in me. The life of God is at work in me. I'm a new creation. I'm recreated in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And you just keep speaking life like that. One day you wake up full of life. The idea is to get you occupied with what you see in your, in your body and what you know about yourself in your physical body. That's the idea. So you can be distracted and you can speak dead words. Which is the real you? So let me ask you. Can you go to hell? Can a believer go to hell? Wait, so even if say it with boldness, even a believer that has not changed, he's still smoking. Can you go to hell? You see, they are still slowing down. <laughs> they are still slowing down. It will take a while for this thing to break, but it will break. It will break. Just keep exposing yourself. Let me ask you, who does God relate with? How does God relate with you? Does He relate with you in your spirit, in your soul, or in your body? Say it out loud. You know, you know what I want you to say? If you that need it to me, I know it, you, but I want you to say it. I'm doing this thing deliberately because I want you to say it. When you say it, it sounds different. How many of you know? When you say it, it sounds different than when I'm saying it to you. I want you to say it. Hear yourself say it. What part of you is Jesus coming for? Which part of you is the real you? Can you go to hell? Can a believer go to hell? Ah, are you sure? Ah. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> so, hey, 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 if a believer is coming into church and he is with his cigarette and Jesus comes, is he going to go to hell? Ah. You see, the thing, is, the thing is beginning to slow down, slow down, slow down. Say it with boldness, say it with confidence. The part of you, listen, the part of you that Jesus came to recreate, do you understand, is your human spirit. This, this other part, your soul, let me tell you, okay, let me even tell you this now. Your soul and your body needs to be transformed. You know why? Because that's what helps this beautiful experience to be manifested in your life. You understand? If they don't get transformed, you're doing yourself a disservice. They say, ah, your hand, let me your hand, see my sweet is saved now, I can be here now. 
I can be anyhow. What will happen is that we won't see the evidence of salvation. Do you understand? You're supposed to be prospering, you won't see. You're supposed to have peace, you won't see. You're supposed to have joy, you won't see. Every day, you won't see. Do you understand? You won't see. Do you understand? And it is, listen, let your life so shine. Alright? Before men, not before God. See, before God, eh? Look, before God, my dear, your light is like, it's like you use touch light, eh? You use touch light to shine under the sun. How many of you will put on your phone touch to shine under the sun so that you can see? How many of you will do that? Your light compared to his light. Your own righteousness light. Your personal righteousness compared to it is like, is like you trying to impress the sun. With your normal iPhone X light. You want to impress the sun. You say, sun be impressed with my light. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. But he says, let your light so shine. That men, 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 what we have done is to mistake men's approval to be God's. This good witness, first of all, and we look at you, they are supposed to be results. They are supposed to be fruits of salvation. Every day, every day, no joy, no joy. No joy, every day. Every day, you are always sad. The moment you enter a place, the, the space just becomes gloomy. The atmosphere changes. Everybody is always asking, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, and you are fair enjoying it. Now you enjoy it, you call it attention. What kind of silly attention is that? You, you want attention, so you, you, you be moody so that they can ask you what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. Ah, you know what David did? David, even when he was moody, he said, and I now, now, it's a choice. I now will encourage myself in the Lord. So he started to think of the, you know, then decided to rejoice. By himself, by himself. I'm telling you, some of you don't realize eh, that you will make it a practice of having a praise party in your house. Every, every other time, you just, you just dance, you just, you just, you just stop, lock the door, and just, <laughs> you know, they'll think, you just have a good dance. Sometimes you have a good laugh at the things that God has done for you. So if your soul is not being transformed, the problem is that that which is true in your spirit will not come out. For example, now, eh? If you have a stingy soul, lean soul, all you see is scarcity, scarcity. All of the abundance of the spirit will not show up in your life. Because you, you have a small mind. Look, it's like, I always use this, I don't know why. There's a reservoir on the other side, alright? And then it has to come out from here. But the hole that is coming out from is very small. So it's trickling. That hole there is your soul. Expand your soul through the teaching of the word of God. You know how you do that? By changing who you trust. He says, don't trust money, trust in the living God. Yes. So as you change that trust, and you are teaching your soul. But see, let me tell you, every act of generosity is you teaching your soul who to trust. Yes. Every act of generosity towards God, towards His church. Listen, don't, don't worry. God already said, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail again. The only, the only direction of the church can go is forward. So, it is now my, my, my delight that I participate in that forward movement. Say Amen. amen. P.O.D. You are giving these people a license to sin. Let me tell you. If you are not thinking that I'm not preaching grace where? Well. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. If you've not taught it as you are sitting there, I need to preach this thing stronger. That's exactly what happened in Paul's ministry. As he was teaching. Okay. Should I show you something? How many of you want to see? Okay. Romans 5. <laughs> Let me show something. Go to Romans 5, then go all the way down. Romans 5, towards the end. I'll tell you where to go now. I'll tell you where to go. If you find it, where sin abound, grace superabound. 20, right? Uh-huh. Let's read it together. Go to verse 20. Let's read this together. I want to go. Why did the law enter? Church, talk to me. Why did the law enter? No, the, Esther, the law entered so that you can keep the law. No. He entered so that you can see how much offense. <laughs> God is so God, God is so so loving and, and humorous. In Australia, let's read the next part. Let's read the next part. But where what? Uh-huh. So the Bible says where sin abounded, grace superabounded. Who is talking here? Paul. Paul is talking. Go to chapter six and verse one. Yeah, go. Quick, quick, quick. Quick. Alright, let's read together. I want to go. Who do you think is talking? Mm-hmm. Wakey. Who do you think is talking? Hmm? Thank you. This man is a blessed man. I feel like giving you something. Very blessed man. Here's what he said. Paul saw is anticipating what they are thinking in their minds and is asking the question on their behalf. For example, you know, remember where the Bible says that Jesus, knowing what they were thinking, responded exactly. It happens like that. As you are teaching, you can tell, you can study the atmosphere to see what people are thinking in their mind. And say, hey, you are thinking that this is what I'm saying. No, this is not what I'm saying. So Paul was saying, okay, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace me about. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. Because you need to understand what he's talking about here. Look at verse 2. What does he say? God told uh-huh. Spiritual or body? Uh-huh. You talking to me, church. Spiritual or body? What part of you is dead to sin? What part of you is dead to sin? Hey, church, you're not talking out loud. What part of you is dead to sin? Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'll help you. I'll help you. Don't worry. I'll help you. So, he's saying, how can you win dead to sin? Look at another thing that you think sin is. If you go, I dare you. Please, go and do your study. Please, please, carry a concordance. When you get home today, do this study. You will see that this word, sin, I'll show you how to do this study. This word sin is not a verb, it's a noun. You see, you know sin, verb. 
What did he see? What did he see? He seen? No, this one is a now. Oh yeah, go back to secondary school. A now is a what? Eh? Uh-huh. Me, I'm having fun today. A now is a what? Eh? Uh-huh. So it means a now is a place where you stand. The last time we checked, by what Jesus did, He moved you from the now place of sin to the now place of righteousness. Listen, it does not start with what you do. It starts with location change. So, thank you, where you stand. For example, Paul is saying, God forbid, that is impossible. How can we, first of all, I told you, you're dead to sin. Your spirit is dead to sin. That's number one. Number two is that the location has changed. You can't be in Abuja and Lagos at the same time now. New York and London at the same time. You can't be in Abuja at the same time. You change location. And it's now, not verb, now. See, righteousness is first a now before it is a verb. See, is first a now before it is a verb. You have moved location from sin to righteousness. Now that you are on righteousness ground, the Bible says you are a prisoner of righteousness. Now that you are on righteousness ground, eh? we are now teaching you how to bring it out. But to say that because you see that somebody is still smoking, to say that they have not moved, you are wrong. The switch has taken place. Now they are standing on righteousness ground. It was their spirit that was recreated. Their soul is being transformed. Their body will take the shape of their soul at the end of the day. But that thing has happened. Spirit to spirit. So you are born again. You cannot sin. Say, I cannot sin. <laughs> Let me ask you, sir. What do you do when you are sick? You say, I'm healed. Have you? What do you do when you are broke? Hey, just talk now. You're rich. Have you? you say, I'm rich. I'm rich. God has supplied all my need. Okay, what do you do when you make a mistake? You start to talk. You, st- you train yourself to talk like your reality. You understand? Now, you can't be saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, when it comes to sickness. Then you say, I'm rich, I'm rich, when it comes to money. Then when it comes to sin, Oh, wretched sinner that I am. Who can deliver me? Oh! In fact, the solution to this, two weeks, Lord, stay on your own, let me stay on my own. I'm a wretched sinner. I don't know how to come out of this. This is okay. Unworthy. I'm a, Lord, I'm unworthy to come before your presence. Lord, the first thing you do when you come to church is to lift up your voice and confess. They say, confess every unworthiness, every uncleanness, every unworthiness, every hindrance and hindrance that will stop you and hindrance. Even some of you, go and read where. The Bible talk calls it a fountain, ever flowing fountain. Take, listen, look at what happens. Ever flowing fountain. Ma, go and dig up soil, stone, gold from the mud water. Dig it up. 
And then don't do anything. Don't scrub. Don't scrub. Just go straight into a location. And then I, I got to look my time. Okay, I'll say I have time. And then I, I say I have time. How come do I have time like this? Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And then take that gold and go and stand under the fountain. And let the fountain just be pouring. Just hold the gold like this. In the fountain. How many of you have seen Victoria Falls? As it's falling like that, are you going to have to wash the gold? What happens? The fountain cleans it up. Eh? The Bible says this fountain never ceases. Jennifer. And that's where you stand. Every day, I feel the power of God. You stand under this fountain every day. So you know what we're learning? We're learning how to train our soul to fit into what he's been looking this way. He's been looking this way. He's been looking this way. Flesh, world, everything. We want to turn the head of our soul to start looking into our spirit. Then there you will see joy. And then whatever you see in your spirit, you replicate in your body. Can you go to hell? It's getting, it's getting stronger. Can you go to hell? Are you sure? At all. At all. If Jesus comes when you are cursing a conductor on the road, you go to hell? Whoa. Are you getting it? Hey, hey, brother, brother. If Jesus comes, you say, you say, you say, listen, you say, they tell you, they tell you, you see, if Jesus comes again, will you be rapturable? Will you be rapturable? Now, the Bible, if you look at that word rapture, you will see that the Bible says, comfort one another with these words. Yes, sir. I want is torment one another with these words. Torment one another with these words. Beat one another with these words. You remember that thing you did yesterday? Torment one another. No! The Bible says, after Paul had talked about it, that we shall be changed, we shall be transformed, blah, blah, blah. He said, comfort ye one another with this word. In other words, when I tell Maureen that Jesus is coming back again, she's comforted. When she tells me Jesus is coming back again, I'm comforted. But guess what? Today, when you tell the average person, you know that Jesus is coming back again, hey, 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 the Bible says, comfort one another with these words. If I, if I want to preach a message now that will make all of you cry, you'll be surprised. You just come. You come. And then you change your voice. And then as you start talking, then the people will now say, the king pricks me. He pricks me in my soul. He pricks me. The only pricking that God is looking for now is the joy of the Lord. When God was writing this thing, you think he didn't know your tendencies. This is your way out to. You better catch it with two hands. Jesus is coming back again. I am comforted. Jesus is coming back again. I am comforted. I'm comforted. Not 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 tormented. Comforted. I'm I'm enjoying myself. Oh. Are you happy to be in church today? <laughs> Oh, glory to God. Mo Shakabaya. 
Okay. Should I go deeper? Just two stuff. Two things. Hebrews 10 and verse 10. Kai, there's still more. But if I do two now, I'll stop. Two, I'll stop. Hebrews 10, 10. Hebrews 12, 23. 1 Corinthians 15, 56. Hold on. Hebrews 10, 10. In fact, we'll read 10, 10. Then we'll read from this 11 to 14. So just stay like that. Alright, let's, let's read this one. We want to go. It says, by the which will stop. Did you see that word will? It's will, will, will. You know, will, that they will. I will something ahead. By the will. If you remove the which, and just say, by the will. We are what? How many times? What part of you is sanctified? Good. By the will. In other words, when they brought the will, and showed the will to us. The will says sanctify them. Once and for all. What does it mean to be sanctified? Even communicate my message very clearly. To be sanctified means to be separated. I told you that he brought you out to bring you in. Never forget the impact. Alright? Many of you know he has brought me out. He has brought me out. Always remember the impact. He brought you out to take you in. Brought you out of eternal damnation. To take you into eternal, eternal redemption. Brought you out of eternal poverty. To take you into eternal inheritance. He always took you in. So you are sanctified, separated. Let me tell you, you can expect, alright, that the things happening in your environment doesn't touch you. You can expect it. Let me tell you, huh? Okay, look at this. Do you have divine health in your spirit? Is your spirit complete? Yes, sir. Let me ask you a question. How many of you will buy a car that doesn't have one tire? And no room for When they designed the car, they designed it to have three legs, not four. Except if they try cycle. Where is the car? When God created you in Christ Jesus, He did a finished job, completed work. Say amen. amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Complete, sanctified, separated. And it's in the wheel. Hey, I look at this. Verse. Hey, I like how ah, you're, you're a very intelligent person. Put it. The HTSB. Uh-huh. By this wheel. You see that? It's a wheel. And you see, the beautiful thing about a wheel is that once the owner, the wheel, you know, the guy who is putting out the wheel. I said, this is my wheel. And it is stamped by the atom. It can't be changed. This is his wheel. That you be sanctified. Yeah. In what part of you were you sanctified? Spiritual or body? Yeah. Done. 14. Let's go. I mean, sorry. Sorry, sorry. 12, 13, 14. It says, now every high priest stands day after day ministering. And offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never what? 
take away sins. Alright, let's go on. But this man, after offering one sacrifice for sins, how long? How long? Did what? The Bible says we are seated together with him. You should sit down. Yeah, sit down. Sit down. Rest. It says now he's waiting until his enemies are made his food too. Next verse. For by let's read this together. Want to go? For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are sanctified. Do you see? You know, I used to interpret it as those who are being sanctified. No. It is, we were sanctified in verse 11. Now by one offering, what he has done is to perfect forever. We, we who are sanctified. Let's do the last one. Can we do the last one? So when we finish, I'll ask you a series of questions. You just answer me real quick. Let's go and ask 15 and 66. Quick, 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 quick. Alright, let's read this together. I want to go. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. Stop. What empowers sin? Say it. What empowers sin? What is the strength of sin? What is the strength of righteousness? Grace. What is the strength of sin? Some of you think that when we give you the law, it will help you against sin. No. The law empowers him. Grace produces righteousness. Say, my sins are forgiven. So let me ask you. Are your sins forgiven once and for all? How many sacrifices did Jesus make? One. Was he good for all time? Okay. Alright, let me ask you. Can you sin? Why? Mm-hmm. Say, so, say, what, 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 thank you. Your spirit is what? Recreated. Uh-huh. And what? Sealed. Good. Alright, so, are you sealed or not? Is redemption eternal? Can a believer go to hell? Can a believer go to hell? Okay, what happens, so can you now live anyhow you like? Okay, what happens if you live anyhow you like? I, I said it just now. Yeah? What happens? Oh, yeah. <laughs> should I give like somebody somebody should say this is good class right so that after this now you rejoice oh, yeah. what happens uh-huh. go ahead no 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 you 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 why are you looking in that direction are you not in church say what you want to say ok the manifestation I supposed to see mm-hmm. we've seen by the people would mm-hmm. not be seen great ok now give her the mic now let me ask you who who determines or what determines your acceptance before God? Is it God or people? God. Say it well. God. <laughs> I like that. You see, it sounds very easy. Okay. So now, what happens if you behave anyhow you like? You're not going to leave out the witness of your spirit in the environment and people will not believe God because of you. Yes, sir. And that's important, you yes, know? Sir. That's actually very important. Yes, so our good witness is so that people can believe God because of us. Yes, 
is not, be, not because God believes in us because of our good. No, He believes in us because of Christ. Am I asking questions here? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So now that you know that your, your salvation is eternal, is your prosperity eternal too? How about your healing? How about your provision? How about your, your, your family success? How about your ministry? Alright, is there any room for fear? Is there any room for fear? Can you be afraid of failure? I'm wasting the power of God is here now. The power of God is here. This, this not the seminar be this one. <laughs> I feel the glory of God and the power of God. Can you can you can you still be in fear? When you come to God, how do you come? When you come to God, how do you come? Hallelujah. When you come to God, how do you come? Somebody has just been healed of a migraine headache. When you come to God, how do you come? Boldly, 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 boldly. Boldly, 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 glory to God. Somebody's being healed of a pain in the spine. The healing power of God is here. You're walking with that pain, it's gone. You can now do what you couldn't do before. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, say this after me, I'm righteous. Say it out loud, say I'm righteous. Hey, say it out loud, say I'm righteous. So when you stand in front of a sick person, what do you do? You bring out that which is in your spirit. Do you have it? Are you sure? Hey, do you have it? Does the word of God say so? Are you bold? Is there fear? Is there fear? Glory to God. How, so do you need to put away your weed? <laughs> do you need to put away your weed? Hey church, church, talk to me. You, you need to put away your, your hoop. Hoops, Abi. Is it hoops or hoop? Whatever. Hey guys, you need to put away your, 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 your ripped jeans. Your jacket, biker jacket, oh, yeah. eh, your tennis racket, oh, yeah. your golf golf stick. Hey, hey, Tosan, you need to put away that fine hair, huh? Glory to God. So our sisters can look beautiful, our brothers can look handsome. Come to God, well dressed, looking good, smelling nice. When you're fasting, you brush. You understand? You wear good clothes. You understand? You carry yourself like you are the headquarters of heaven. Because that's who you are. That's who you are. You are the tabernacle of Hey! 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 You understand what I'm saying? You carry God on the inside of you. The last time I said, the Bible says, greater is He. That is in you. Greater is, is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you. I do exploits. I walk wonders. My hands heal the sick. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And we'll keep talking like that. We'll keep talking like that. We'll keep talking like that. 
I am light was shining in darkness. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This is my best year, yes. This is my best month, yes. All things are possible with me. I've been made free through the finished work of Jesus. I am free from guilt. I am free from condemnation. I am free from the deception that are in the world. I'm a conquered person. I'm enlightened by the Spirit. I'm illuminated by righteousness. I am light and I light up my world. I am born of love and full of this. Love gave birth to me. Out of God's love, I produce my best work. In the love of God, I am kept and secure. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprint Church and on Instagram at The Blueprint Church. Cheers.